Welcome to another episode of the Christian Combatives Podcast. Today we are being hosted again over at Christcord. This is a Discord server for Christians and for those who are interested in the Christian faith. If you would like to join in the conversation or just check out the server, head on over to discord.gg forward slash Christian, discord.gg forward slash Christian. I'm joined today by Stigma the Artist, and we are going to be talking about a movie that came out somewhat recently starring Brendan Fraser called The Whale. There's quite a few aspects of the film to get into both artistic and kind of philosophical in nature. So with that, I expect it's going to be an interesting conversation. I personally found it an interesting film. So let's let's get it started off. I'm going to ask Stigma to kind of... To kind of oh, by the way, spoiler alert, uh, we're going to be getting into all kinds of details on the movie. If you haven't seen it yet, my recommendation is thumbs up, go see it, don't bring kids. Um, Stigma, your recommendation, thumbs up, thumbs down? Uh, i definitely give it a thumbs up, but yeah, definitely not kid-friendly. Okay. Now, if you haven't seen the movie yet, I would suggest you go and watch it now, unless you're one of those people who wants to learn all about a movie before they go and watch it, in which case, stay tuned, because spoilers begin now. This is your final warning. Stigma, what is the movie The Whale about? Like, what's with the title? Tell me something about the movie. So, I've been putting this off for a while just because I had heard a bunch of stuff about it, that it was sort of a character study into both a uh, person who was grieving over a lost loved one, and also a kind of a I should say a warning against like uh what's the specific word I'm looking for a hedonism cautionary tale a cautionary tale yeah. against like obesity against uh um cheating all this kind of stuff that uh goes on in the movie so the basic premise is that there's this man who is living alone in his apartment he is a uh teacher for a online college course but he keeps his camera off uh to prevent all the students from seeing him because he is uh, grotesquely obese. He has an extreme eating disorder that he obtained after his uh, partner died. Um, and he has been basically just urging these students to, uh, you know, try to improve in English class. And the backbone of the story is basically that he's trying to reconnect with his uh, old family that he left in order to, uh, basically uh, be with a man, one of his students. And so he tries to reconnect with his daughter, tries to help her with her homework. And the rest of the story is basically him trying to get back together with her to get to know her while also, you know, delving deeper into the psychology and the aftermath of grief. From what I understand, I, I think, and it totally makes sense this way because it's, it's, it's a single location movie. Um, I don't know. There's, I think there's a couple like flashbacks to a beach scene or something like that, but aside, but the movie itself, everything in the movie takes place in, in a single location in his apartment and 99% of it, I want to say kind of in the same, uh, living room slash kitchen area. And from what I understand, I believe the movie was originally, um, was originally a play like a, you know, a stage production. Uh, and, and And that makes sense to me the way that it's, the way that it's structured. Um, so the movie is very, it's very dialogue heavy. It's very story heavy. If if you're looking for a movie of you know going around blowing stuff up, action, you know stuff like that, that's that's not really what this is. It's all about it's all about kind of character interaction. It's all about character development and and kind of character definition. You're finding out who are these characters, how did they get where they are. It, it's kind of, it, it unravels it. You know, throughout the movie, you're finding out why is this person like this? What are they dealing with? How did they get there? You know, what's going to happen to them isn't, 
I mean, it's kind of a question, but it's not really the biggest question. That's often the question in a lot of movies. You know, how are they going to get out of this predicament? In this movie, the, the question is more like, how did it? How did it get this bad? How did it get to this point? But right, it is largely a character study rather than a uh, specific um, adventure or uh, I should say plot-based story. Like it's very much centered around, like you said, character interactions, uh, how a d- character develops. Um, all the all the plot is pretty much shown through dialogue and through, um, uh, I would say, excellent acting on part of Brendan Fraser. I believe he won the Oscar for his performance um, in this movie, which I think is pretty well deserved. Not only because I haven't seen any of the other movies at the Oscar, so I have nothing to compare it to, <laughs> but it's... It's also really, I would say, a heartbreaking performance, and I was definitely engaged with his character the whole time, and I never got bored, even though it is pretty much shot entirely in a rather dimly lit apartment. Like, I was surprised how, like, dim the lighting was. I sort of had to turn up my brightness quite a bit, so that might be something that uh, annoys some people, but yeah, it's supposed to be very grimy. It's supposed to be very claustrophobic, and you're supposed to get this sense of unease throughout the entire uh, film. Because I think the the film company that made this, I believe, is A24. I believe is the name of the company, and from what I remember, they're like very big on horror movies. Like that's their main forte. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure they're into the horror movie business. So. That explains a lot of some of the uh, some of the cinematography in this and some of the uh, sequences. But overall, yeah, it's definitely a movie that is heavy um, in more ways than one. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> yeah, low hanging fruit right there. But um, it's it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely something that is uh, I think worth watching. If anything, for the just the philosophical angle and the character angle, you really do get to know these characters. You care about these characters and they definitely make you feel the emotions they're trying to get you to feel. I, I had some apprehension before bothering to watch this movie because I mean, the the movie just, you know, like the Jeffrey Dahmer series was tagged with the, the LGBT LGBTQ tag. Now I saw this tag in the movie. I'm like, Oh, it's a movie about, you know, some homosexual couple and something like that. And, and the entire movie is, this was my apprehension, my concern kind of based off of what we're seeing in every other sort of foray of entertainment is okay. This is just going to be a movie that's going to tell me about, you know, how rotten everybody is who doesn't accept true love uh, between two consent, two consenting men. It's going to be broke back mountain, but it's going to be, you know, broken spring couch or something like that. And that was what I thought I, you know, what I was concerned it might be, but it's not that at all. And I don't want to say that that the sexuality of the care, the sexual orientation, sexual orientation of the character is irrelevant, but that's not that it's not pushing, uh, you know, this one dimensional message of that. Um, the that aspect of the character is involved more with the struggles he goes through. Um and not necessarily in a purely positive aspect. Again, if you want to take the, you know, June is starting, or by the time this episode comes out, June will already be ongoing. The, you know, the love is love and everything is interchangeable and, and men and men are the same thing as men and women and things like that message. Um, that's not really what's shining out here. Instead, you see Brendan Fraser's character 
abandons his family. He abandons his daughter. He abandons his wife to go pursue a relationship with a male student of his, uh, a, a romantic relationship with a, a male student of his. And it's not necessarily portrayed as, but this is good and virtuous and everybody needs to, you know, come around and learn to support him. And there's some characters like the guys, uh, the Fraser's boyfriend's character, um, who's again, well, spoiler alert already. He's he's dead, and that's a it's a big reason why Fraser got so big. But uh, that character's sister is one of the main characters in this in this movie, and her perspective is, you know, why don't why doesn't everybody just accept that love is love and and, and people love each other and stuff like that? And Fraser's more wishy washy on wishy washy on it, but. From the perspective of like his daughter and his mom, this he's kind of a monster. He he just destroys his family for selfish, really sexual pursuits. Uh, and you can see the first scene in the movie. He's he's watching pornography. This is I mean this is a man ruled by his ruled by his passions. This isn't this isn't a portrait of well this is what love is. Everybody needs to get on board. So I I, I was. I was pleasantly surprised, as dark as the movie is, I was pleasantly surprised that there was that there was some moral ambiguity there. It asked uncomfortable questions, whereas somebody would expect a Hollywood movie just to say, okay, here's here's the facts, love is love, et cetera, June, you know, the month of June is Pride Month, and everything is going to fall into that category. It's like, is he a good guy or a bad guy? And if he's a bad guy, does he get redemption? Mm, 100%. And I actually have the exact same... Uh... Uh, concerns when I heard about this movie because I saw that Brendan Fraser was um, in this movie and I don't know, I grew up with a bunch of Brendan Fraser movies like uh, The Journey to the Center of the Earth remake, The uh, Mummy, of course, uh, even Furry Vengeance, the comedy that he did. So I sort of have a soft spot for Brendan Fraser and I know he's gone through tough times recently, uh, especially with his divorce and with finances. So I was happy that he was definitely uh, getting work again and that he seemed to be in a another big movie. So that interested me uh, from the beginning. But then I started reading some of the comments, and some of them were saying that it was heavily uh, anti-Christian. The story wasn't very interesting. It was very just grotesque with its content. And so that sort of kept me from watching it for quite a long time. And um, it was until recently I started reading more into it. And I think I saw a review from a Christian website. Uh, I believe it was plugged in um, a Christian reviewing website that reviews a bunch of different media. Um, and they were talking about it. And I'm like, this doesn't sound anything like they've been uh, saying that it is. It <laughs> right. wasn't inherently anti-religious, like religious, although uh, religion does play a big part into the story. And we'll get into that later. But um, yeah, it was very much a a heartfelt story about, you know like I said, a cautionary tale, not just about obesity and uh, eating disorders, but also about, you know, leaving your family, about selfishness, about pursuing your passions to the detriment of both yourself and everyone around you. And that is sort of the big driving force of the movie, which is that this guy, uh, Brendan Fraser's character, um, he was married to a woman and he had a daughter with that woman. And, uh, he had been with her for several years, all the way until his daughter was eight years old. And then he uh, became infatuated with a male student of his. And um, eventually he just up and left uh, his old family, his daughter and his mother, to pursue this relationship with his male student. And so if you look at that, even from 
the from the uh, face value of it, like you think, why why would he do that? That's not portraying uh, this relationship that he has with this man in a positive light. If anything, it's basically um, showing that when you do something like that, when you selfishly pursue someone else, when you've already got a family, you've already got people that rely on you that are intrinsically uh, attached to you that you're married to when you leave them to basically pursue your own desires, no matter how genuine you think your feelings are, everything just falls apart for this guy. Like he doesn't end up, you know, being happy. Ultimately, uh, his, his lover eventually does die for, um, I can't remember exactly what the events surrounding it was, but I think part of it was that, uh, that, uh, his boyfriend was religious he was with a church, and I think part of that contributed to um, what happened to him eventually. But I can't remember it exactly. I but um, up, I think he ends up committing the the boyfriend ends up committing suicide at, at some point. Right. Yeah, and it, it was interesting because if you if the film was expressly like supposed to be pro gay or pro homosexual and anti religion, they wouldn't have portrayed the relationship in this way. I don't think so, especially seeing how uh, how his daughter and how his mother ended up as well. Um, or not his mother, his wife. His daughter and his wife ended up. The daughter was furious, and she had every right to be. The whole aspect of it being, you know, uh, anti-Christian or anti-religion and, you know, pro-homosexual. I don't think that's the core of the film. I don't think that's what its, you know, main theme is. Um, yeah, it, if that's something that's holding, if you, if you are listening to this and you're you're a Christian, that's something that's holding you back from watching the movie. That's, I, I would say that that's not that's not some that's not, yeah. Don't don't be worried about that. That's not that's not what's going on in this movie. Now there may be inappropriate themes in the movie that may you may not want to watch it for other reasons, but that that is not um, that was my concern as well. But uh, yeah, so it seems if I if I had to. As I hear you talking about it, if I had to use one word to kind of describe characters, uh, all the characters in the, in the the singular flaw of all the characters in this movie would be probably selfishness. I was going to say hedonism, but uh, particularly Brandon Fraser's character is the epitome of selfishness. And you do empathize with him. You say, you know, oh, he's struggling and he feels pain and all these other things. But at the same time, everything that he does is with, with his own with his own passions in mind, uh, obviously the leaving his family thing, but then, then eating himself, literally eating himself to death. The, the, the aspect of his food is one. Yes. There's, there's kind of the hedonistic aspect of, of, of craving, you know, craving what you get with, you know, when you're eating, but there are parts in the movie where he's clearly eating to hurt himself. He's clearly eating, uh, because he wants to die. There is, right. He there, refuses to go to the hospital. That's something that comes up many times where the characters yeah. around him are urging him to get to the hospital, but he refuses every single time. It's well, and, and this is, and this is an aspect where you can see, well, he doesn't really care that he, he starts to create a bond with his, with his daughter. He could have created a bond with his daughter. He could have tried to reconcile more with his wife. He could have tried to improve these relationships, but instead what he does is he tries to, he tries to, to moralize by saying, okay, well, uh, I, I, I've been out of my daughter and my wife, my wife's life this entire time. I'm going to give my daughter all of this money that I've been saving up from, from teaching, but I'm going to die. I'm going to kill myself because I'm too miserable to keep going on. I'm going to de deprive my daughter of a father, uh, because I am so 
self-absorbed, uh, incurvatus and say, I'm so curved in on myself that all I can focus on is my own misery, and I don't care who I hurt as long as I get to pursue what I want to pursue, whether that's, you know, another guy or whether that's eating or whether that's dying. Right, and that's another aspect of the film that I think is uh, very, I would say, uh, pro-fatherhood. Because when you see that he leaves his family, he leaves his daughter to basically grow up on her own with a single mother, it shows that she is very, she's going through her teenage years. So I think she's like in her 16, 17 uh, uh, year range. Yeah, she's in high school. And uh, a large part of the movie is that her character is very, very juvenile. She's very much into the... uh, uh, radical teenager behavior, getting into drugs, getting into fights, getting into, you know, bullying. Like she's a real rude character. Like yeah. that's the thing you, you, you understand her and she's even justified to be extremely angry at, at her father for leaving her 100% justified. But her attitude is so unlikable and she's so rude to him when he's, when you can see his character is trying to, men things however pitifully it might be he's definitely he definitely is trying to do something right by her because i think he understands that it was a mistake for him to leave and to pursue that relationship but you know she just continues to to just bash him to come to name call him and to say how much she hates him how awful he is and how much she wish he would uh how much she wish he would die it's well at the you, same you, time yeah so she wishes she wishes that that he would die and she kind of celebrates the concept of his death but at the same time she's also furious with him for not being there so she connects her mm-hmm. own behavior and her own outlook to his his absence right and the wife as well went downhill uh she has a drinking problem she has a problem with uh smoking with drugs as well and she has pretty much given up on her daughter. Like she's basically like, yeah, since you left, she's become a monster. I think she audibly says that that she's yeah, evil. she's ir- irredeemable. That there's there's nothing. And, and Brendan Fraser's, uh, uh, well, okay, let, let's let's go through it real quick. I I'm curious about what your perspective on the question of redemption and the, and the different characters. Uh, in so for first the daughter by the end of the movie has the daughter been redeemed? Is has she completed a redemption arc? I would say it's not a full redemption. I think she's gone from hating him to being sympathetic to him. Like, I think before she was just, she thought about nothing but uh, him leaving them. And he had, she had no sympathy for him whatsoever. Um, I don't think she's at the point where she'd be like, uh, yeah, I want you back in my life now, but I think she's at the point where she, I don't, I don't want to say forgives him because she doesn't audibly say this, although she does, you know, smile at him at the end when he uh, gets up to try and get to her. But I don't know. It's very interesting. You could definitely interpret it to be a quote unquote redemption or for forgiveness. Well, I I would, I would say that, I think I agree with you that that she begins to make steps towards what looks like a redemption arc, which, you know, he 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 cuts he cuts short. Not that you know he was basically at the beginning of the movie. Basically, he's going to die in a week that because he's he's just so overweight and and he's not going to get any help. 
And if he had, if, if he hadn't been so selfish this entire time, uh, this redemption arc that begins with her could have potentially played out and, and concluded itself. But again, his selfishness cuts short her redemption arc. Uh, but I do see, I, I see that she begins it. So I would say that that's kind of the first steps, the journey of a redemption right. arc. But the end of his story ends ends that arc for her. So ne- next character, the wife. Do you think that the wife is? Oh, so also real quick for the for the for the daughter. I, w- I would say also kind of her being a monster. Um, there's there's a question over whether or not like she does something. She's really mean to this this geeky Mormon or what I don't know whatever the quote unquote Christian character. Um, I, I I haven't looked into it. I think I think it is a cult <laughs> from what I can tell. Uh, he's a member of a cult, like a Mormon. Basically, he's a Mormon, and he comes over to the house and is like trying to convert the guy. And uh, yeah. and so and she's really mean to him and does these really awful things to him. And Brendan Fraser's character does interpret it as a redemption arc, and he does interpret it as, oh well, you know, she's better. She's trying to help him. She she does something really nasty to to this kid, and as a consequence of it, he actually you know he goes back to uh, to live with his his family. In fact, I would say. I think that he's the only character in the entire movie who completes a full redemption arc. He he is redeemed by the end of the movie. Oh, you know, back back in the graces, he, he's back with his his family again by the end of the movie. Right, the Mormon kid. The Mormon kid, yeah. But the daughter, she, what she does is nasty, and the mom is like, "Yeah, she's being awful," and the dad is like, "But no, no. You see, she meant she knew that she was going to help this kid by being awful, so she really meant to help it." And I think he's just reading into it too much. Yeah, so that's part of his character. Yeah. Uh, the wife even expresses this that he's always been a optimist. He never he like ignorantly had any sort of right. He's ignorantly optimist. He never, and that's something that uh, builds your attachment to his character is that he's really not negative throughout almost any part of the film. Like he he definitely cries. He is very uh, pitiful in in the way he's like constantly trying to make things better. But at the same time, it's endearing that he is never he never like snaps back at someone who is who is uh, who provoking is deriding him, him. Yeah. provoking him. Yeah, he never he never hits back. He's he he pretty much takes it because I think he understands that he's at the end of his rope. He's going to be dying soon, so he'd rather not spend the last moments, you know, fighting with a bunch of people. But Are, so okay, so for for Brendan Fraser for the whale, did he complete his redemption arc? Well, do you want the Christian answer or the film <laughs> answer? Well, I, I'll, I'll take I'll take either one because I've got I've got my own perspective, and I don't know that we'll necessarily agree on this one. Yeah. So um. In terms of his, uh, so a big part of the film is that there's this Mormon kid that comes around. He says he isn't Mormon, but he pretty much is Mormon. And he finds, he comes in at the beginning of the film, right, when uh, Brendan Fraser's character is having basically a heart attack. And he uh, helps him, he helps him get out of it. And so he takes this as a sign that God wants him to save him, to convert him so that, you know, he can reach salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Right. So that's sort of the Mormon's kid, the Mormon kids, uh, whole plot point is that he constantly is trying to come back, trying to help him spiritually and save him. Um, he doesn't succeed in the end. That's all I'll say. Um, he, he, 
gives the arguments, you know, basically that, hey, you know, if you you're living according to the flesh, you are, you know, a slave to your passions. But if you let go of that, then even though you may die, you will live. Right. That's the passage that I think he reads out to him in the end. But Brendan Fraser's character is basically like, even though he's not, you know, extremely rude to him, basically he's like, yeah, I'm, I've read all this stuff. I used to believe in this stuff, but I'm not I went to Catholic anymore. Sunday school growing up, so I don't need you to tell me what's in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, I've read every pamphlet. I've read it. Yeah, yeah I've read it cover to cover. Bold. Well, they, I, I was for, I thought the the Mormon kids, I mean, I thought it was, his approach was was mostly legalistic. It was it was you know you'll have to, you have to stop doing these things. You have to stop behaving these things. And he and he wanted, you know, he's like, well, you know, I can we can I can save your soul by just giving you enough law, but not, I don't know. Yeah, Again, his this character is, told this me the Mormon, most. Funnily is, enough, yeah. The, okay, I guess so, because like as a Christian and you're you when you see Christian representatives <laughs> on film, you're just like, yeah, you're constantly looking for what they're doing wrong. You're like, that's not how it works. Yeah, if you just view him as as kind of a Mormon Aryan uh, cultist, then it's like, okay, you know, that makes sense. The guy's like, you're kind of a weirdo, kind of quotes some Bible verses here and there, but really right. he's just kind of a legalist. So would you say uh, the whale is redeemed at the end? So religiously, no. You, you don't religiously, realize. no. Of course, you know, the Christian answer is that he still rejects Christ, so but from, not in that way. But from a secular but character between, perspective. Right, from a character perspective, I think he definitely redeemed himself he acknowledged several times that he made a mistake he even says uh during the scene where the wife and him are alone and the wife is about to leave and he says i need to know that i've done one right thing in my life right so he's basically saying the one right thing he does in his life is going to be you know taking care of his daughter making sure that she is safe making sure that she has a future which seems to indicate that he views pretty much all the decisions he's made to this point as a mistake. So I think in that way, he acknowledges what he did. He acknowledges that it was completely wrong to walk out on his family. And he manages to uh, overcome that obstacle and walk to his daughter and his daughter acknowledge him in a empathetic and a um accepting and forgiving way so i think in his case yeah he got a redemption now so this is why i'm going to disagree with you and so one of one of the things that comes up earlier in the movie um his well she's not a caretaker she's a nurse she's the sister of of his dead boyfriend uh, and she constantly comes over and kind of helps take care of him and and she'll tell himself like you know don't do this don't choke on this don't you know stop doing that, that you're going to hurt yourself. And he just says, sorry, sorry, sorry. And and she gets mad at him for saying sorry all the time. And it's this thing where, where he can acknowledge, Oh yeah, 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 I'm wrong. I'm wrong. But then just kind of, uh, keeps doing it. Like, like saying sorry will, will undo the fact there's man. Uh, I, I want to show it to you at some, at some point. Uh, if you've never seen the TV show, Bojack Horseman, I know it sounds stupid. It kind of is, but there's, there's a scene where, uh, where one of the characters, one of the only good characters in the show, is is cussing out the the hedonist main character, and and the the main character says, "Well, we'll fix this. We'll make it all better. It's all you know. It's, it's my bad and everything." And um and the other character says, "No, you can't just say sorry and and expect that to fix everything. You it doesn't mean anything. This is just this is just an impulse word that you're saying. You think that you know saying sorry, not repentance, but just saying the word." 
is mm. is the solution. And I, I think that this plays in later on. I, I believe that his redemption arc would have been if he stopped living for himself and started living for others. As a character, I think that would be his redemption arc. But what I see, uh, maybe pessimistically, cynically, is that by the time he gets to the end, yeah, he's he says sorry for everything, but he's been saying sorry his whole life, and that hasn't you know, it doesn't impact his behavior at all. What good is it? You know, it's it's in James two. It's faith without works or whatever. You keep saying sorry, but if that doesn't even if that doesn't move you, um, not that you're gonna stop sinning and it doesn't count. But anyways, so he, he so he gets to the end, and the thing that you you said is exactly what I was gonna bring out is is that he says, you know, I want to know that I've done w- at least one good thing. Um, I want to know that I've done one good thing, and. That's that's what he does at the end. He he accomplishes his goal for himself. I don't think he does it for his daughter. He does it because he wanted to do a thing and he did the thing. And you know, now he gets to pat himself on the back. I think that's the uh I think that's what he what he accomplished. Well, that is brought up I think by the wife where he is basically talking uh he's talking to his wife in this scene and she says something to the effect of you're still being selfish. It's still all about you. Right. Um, I definitely get that aspect of it because you're right. If he actually um, wanted to change through action and actually wanted to redeem himself, he would have gone up, gone to the hospital and attempted to, you know, fix his life up to be a part. Give of, a few more years to his daughter. If right. this is, that, I, that's what I would have wanted to see. Uh, I yeah. think that's, I think at that point he was, past the point of no return in terms of his health. So maybe that has something to do with him just learning to accept it. But you're right. Like him, absolutely. He still eats himself to death. Right. Um, throughout the film, he still, you know, um, is trying to reconnect with his daughter, perhaps if for nothing else to ease the guilt that he feels in his, in his heart over leaving them and leaving them in this state. Um, I definitely see that perspective, although I would say that even with all that, he, at that last moment, he still, I would say, attempts to, um, fix himself in a way that, uh, is more selfless because you can see throughout the film, uh, he puts down some things to eat. Like he had that Snickers bar and then he starts eating and then he's like, no, I'm going to put that away. So you can definitely see in his mind. Yeah. There the are little glimmers of, of yeah, a desire for change, but it, the follow, the follow through isn't there, or at least there isn't enough time given for the follow through. I, I think, um, I think the resolution of this film um, for, for so many of the characters is too little too late. It's, with the daughter, with, with the wife, with, uh, with any of the characters, it's, you know, well, that would have been great if you had been working on this for the past eight mm. years. Now oh, yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. And, and no, this is not, this is not me saying that it's, that it's bad. I, I love it when movies, well, <laughs> that sounds kind of, I love it when movies have negative consequences. The, the, the story is good and it's, and it's believable, but it is not a happy ending. In effect, the quote unquote happy scene at the end is so bittersweet because I, I, I think that amplifies it. You're like, look at if he had taken this attitude, the entirety of his life, the past few years of his life, 
you know, he could have been there for his daughter. He could have been there, you know, uh, rebuilt the connection with his wife, even if he never, you know, remarried her or anything like that. He could have, he could have gotten better health. He could have provided something more for his, his students, but right. And I think the end, and I think the ending actually sort of implies that he died pretty much right then and there. He had a heart attack because of the strain of picking himself up and walking over uh, to the room. So I think, yeah, it's definitely a, very uh it's a it's a deceptively happy ending but a deceptively bad ending too because like you said he ultimately doesn't get that full reconnection with his daughter even though she may have looked on him more sympathetically uh even forgiven him it's still it's still not enough i should say right because she still needs a father figure in her life she still needs someone to be that male role model that she that uh she needs in order to help her develop all the way so right there's i really like the connection that they have where i mean he's got he's got this theme that he has with the students where he's saying he he doesn't at the end he, he doesn't care if they follow the curriculum he just wants them to say something true and she writes this you know this really rude poem and 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 he just is so inspired by authenticity and stuff like that and he makes this connection with her where you can see, oh man, if only they had, if only they had years together, how much, how much he could have inspired in in her in growing her her as a as an individual. But I think this is contrary. This is more realistic than uh, a story where everything gets wrapped up in neat little bows. Everybody has a happy ending. I just watched. Um, <laughs> my father for the first time watched princess bride i don't know how he never saw it before i think he, he's tried to watch it and he's just fallen wow never saw it before That's yeah a classic. So, yeah and i think the only, the only reason he watched it is because he heard like elon musk or somebody talk reference it so he's like oh i gotta check out this princess bride movie i'm like yeah yeah you you, you kind of should have you know he says well, <laughs> he said what service should i watch it on and i said well most of us don't watch it we just recite the whole movie <laughs> from start to finish right but it's yeah at the end of the, you know, the the kid um, is complaining in that movie, you know, that's not the way it's supposed to end. That good guy is supposed to get the princess, and they're supposed to get married and live happily ever after. And and real stories, real stories don't don't end like that sometimes. Um, shoot, who is that? There is a um, something brothers, not the Wachowski brothers. There's there's a, these film brothers. They make they make movies and. They're known for these sort of realistic, doesn't wrap up every, uh, every the Russo brothers. It. Is it no country for old men? Do you, the, where the psychopath uh, with the crazy haircuts walking around? Yeah. Like killing people. You know what I'm talking about? And then at the end of the movie, like he just, I know the movie. I don't off. know the directors. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I have to look it up because he, because that's, that's one of the themes of their, of their movies is, that they aren't wrapped up. They have. There's a movie called um, that they came out with, I believe, called A Serious Man, uh, and it's uh, the guy's a teacher or something like that. I don't remember what happens during the course of the movie. Just various stuff. Um, but there's like a confrontation where you know, oh, there's going to be a showdown with this bad guy, and he's going to chase him down, and well, the bad guy has a heart attack and dies off screen somewhere else. It's just it's so anticlimactic. But it's just well, that's life. That's what happens. He just had a heart attack, or and then at the end of the movie, um, he's. He's writing on the chalkboard. I remember he's writing something on the chalkboard, and he goes outside, and there's a tornado because they're living in Kansas or something. And that's the end of the movie. It's not that he dies. It's not that, you know, they hide in a bunker and they live there. It's just, well, his life continues on, and that's the end of the story, and that's where they ended it. And that's kind of, 
I mean, this is more, I don't want to say all the, all the, all the loose ends were tied up, but this is more intentional than that. It's not just leave people hanging, but it's just, well, that's just how life is. You know, you don't, you don't always get the the chance to complete that full redemption arc. Uh, Right. Like it, it's inferred that he might've died right there, but he could have not. It doesn't really, uh, it doesn't really reveal to you how their story ends. It only shows that, uh, bright light he he gets up and he carries his weight and he walks over to her while she reads him this poem that she wrote when she was eight that he reads to himself constantly over and over again to help him uh whenever he's like having a heart attack or trouble no no, no 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 that's that's not what that's not what that is so he so she wrote a review of moby dick when she right was, right a review of moby but, dick when but but the reason he reads it is not to calm himself down he wants that to be he thinks it's the most beautiful thing he's ever read he wants that to be the last thing he's ever heard so it's not to calm himself down he want he's again indulging in this pleasure of he enjoys these words so much he wants that he, he thinks All it'll right. be a poetic death if he dies hearing the most beautiful thing that's ever been written and that it's been written by his daughter so yeah as he's as he's you know kind of toddling his way over to her you know the the lights get really really bright and he's surrounded by a white light and his feet kind of start to float off the floor now oh, maybe he collapses and they finally call paramedics but maybe he dies you know it doesn't really say that's just kind of the end of the story right yeah and that's interesting because he tries to he basically tries to um use it as a um coping sort of a mechanism where he understands that he's going to die and he doesn't want to die like completely alone and completely, you know, devoid of any of his family. So that's like the last thing he holds on to in an attempt to, uh, in an attempt to hold on to something of his family that he knows that he himself lost. So I would say kind of, well, okay. Yeah, I'm not going to say final thoughts because I, I want to talk about the kind of the Christian aspect of the movie. Uh, but my just thinking, thinking back on the movie, the more I think about this character and there were, there were definitely moments where I kind of empathize and you feel bad and you hurt because he's hurting. But at the same time, he is, he is a monster. He is an awful, awful selfish human being. And you can empathize with him, but at the same time, like recognize so much of everything that he does is just for his own, his own sick benefit. Um, I, well, his own guilt. He thinks it, that or this guilt, will, yeah. Right. yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I was so he he almost basically he basically gives off the he basically gives off the inference that he he deserves this. The reason he is basically eating himself to death is, and he even yeah. says this. He's like when um. He's having a conversation with his daughter, and his daughter uh, basically tells them, um, how could you just leave us and not be a part of my life? You could have been a part of my life. And then he says to her, who would want something like me to be a part of their life? So, yeah, he basically this incredible guilt that he is constantly trying to basically uh, pay penance for, in a way, by making himself miserable. There's, I mean... I don't know. Again, maybe this is the cynical aspect of me, but there's a part of me that just 
that that irritates me even more. It, it feels to me like this, oh, woe is me attitude. Nobody loves me. And Which there, can still there, be selfish. It can, it can be selfish. Now, to, to, some, to some regard, you know, there are people that awful things happen to them. They just happen to them, you know, time and time again. And they, they do deserve pity. But then there's other people where, where it's like, okay, you know that this is happening to you because of this thing that you're doing. If you change this behavior, it'll stop happening. And they, oh, it'll never work. I'll never, you know, I could never go to a doctor. They'll never tell me anything good. I'll never, you know, the psychologist, psychologist, psychiatrist could never help me. I could never, it's like, you're not, you're not right, trying because of the, the healthcare costs. That was his excuse. Well, that's, well, that's his excuse. He wants to hold on to the healthcare costs and oh, it's helpless anyway. They could never help him. And he wants to give all the money to his daughter. But it's just this this woe was me self pity kind of thing that I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I yeah. <laughs> there's there's a certain there's a certain maybe it's maybe it's a cowardice. Maybe that's what it, maybe it's 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 self justifying cowardice where it's where it's well I don't have to try because I'm so pitiful that whatever I do will fail. So then I can just commit to not trying. And it's an attitude that's so easy to, to fall into in, in reality, which, so I would say that this is, this is a mark, at least in my book, this is a mark of a good movie that makes me feel impassioned about the characters, not necessarily in positive, positive ways, but particularly in complex ways. Again, empathetically, sometimes I'm like, oh man, this poor guy, like they're really, they're really saying some awful things to this guy. But other times it's like, you, you idiot. You stop, stop whining, you know, stop it, stop crying, get up, what are you doing, put down the sandwich, ah. you know, like, there's an aspect of me that wants to throttle this guy and say, snap out of it, and that kind of happened, another character in the movie, the, 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 the nurse, in the movie, she has that same reaction to him, she's just like, knock it off, sorry, sorry, no, stop saying sorry, no, so, sorry, sorry, oh, man, so, very good, very good, writing of characters there are no good character good guy bad guy in the movie there's no luke skywalker darth vader in the movie there are complex characters with positive and negative traits things you can empathize with things you can hate them for uh issues um that are based on other issues how much of it is their fault how much of the the daughter's behavior is her fault that that kind of thing i i really liked it i really enjoyed the movie there's a lot and it's a movie that has a lot that you can talk about um, it's not shallow at all. Yeah, it's got lots of different themes going for it, not just a cautionary tale about uh, obesity, yeah. um, but also about, like you said, selfishness, uh, broken families, mm -hmm. um, pursuing your own passions above the needs of other people. Um, yeah, gluttony, um, just all these things that sort of come together. Honesty is another one of the themes that it talks about a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so the, it's definitely a multifaceted uh, film with a lot of different angles going for it. So yeah, I definitely enjoyed watching, uh, watching, watching, watching it. I definitely enjoyed watching it. It, um, like I said, it's a heavy movie. I wouldn't watch it uh, again soon. I probably have to watch it with other people because, yeah, it is. It is one of those films where it makes you think for a long time. But you've got to like take a break from it, like yeah. sort of like uh, Schindler's List. Like that movie's incredible. I really enjoyed watching that movie, but I don't think I'm gonna watch that like over and over again. Oh yeah, I I, I completely agree with you on that. It it was entertaining, but it wasn't one. Of the, it wasn't a 
a, a popcorn movie where you just watch it and you watch it again. Oh, you know, what's on? Oh, speed. Let's watch that. Or, you know, um, okay. Right, so it's like a really good philosophical book. It's a good, yeah, it's a, well, that's, that's the thing is it's like one, it's, it's a book that you can, you know, the, the, it's worth talking about later. But one aspect that we haven't really gotten too far into uh, that I'd really like to focus on now is is the aspect of Christianity. How is Christianity portrayed? How is it acted out? Is it, you know, is it unfairly portrayed? Things like that. So what, what did you think about the kind of, it the movie's take on Christianity? Well, I already said that the uh, Mormonite character <laughs> of the story was my least favorite just because I think he was just so... He was just so pitiful. He yeah, was just like not, not even in the same way as as Brendan. Yeah, not in the same way like an epi- like an empathetic pitiful. It's just like wow, you're just a wimp. Like yeah. you're a wimp. He doesn't really he doesn't really you know have any two feet to stand on. He um his story basically goes that he is part of a church called uh, New Life, which uh I don't know is like a weird amalgamation of like Seventh Day Adventists. So they're really big on like end time stuff. And then uh, Mormon, of course, because they're apparently very big on evangelism and, you know, going door to door with pamphlets and the whole shebang. And he he basically tries to convert um, convert Brendan Fraser's character because he believes the end times are near and that there's no time to wait. He believes this is why he was called to his house when he was uh, having a heart attack. And so he comes back uh, several times in the movie to his house trying to get him to uh, convert. And eventually it's revealed that he's not with that church anymore and that his parents basically uh, have kicked him out because he stole money from the missions trip because he didn't think that the missions trip that his church had sanctioned was doing anything. They were basically sitting on a curb giving out pamphlets and he's trying to get them to see that like, you know, we could be doing more. We could be actually going door to door, actually helping people. And his, uh, his uh, missionary leader was basically saying, no, we're not going to do that. That's not what we do. We stand on this corner, we give out pamphlets and we tell people, you know, the gospel. And so he gets so frustrated that he steals the money for the uh, missionaries and he takes off to wherever Brendan Fraser's area is to, you know, try to help people in a more personal way. But, um, yeah, so that eventually comes out. He confesses everything. He used to be a pot smoker, so that comes up. He used to be a, uh, or he um, was trying to get off it, but the daughter basically egged him on to continue to smoke pot, so... You know, there's there's a lot of different things going on here, but yeah, his basic character is that he is trying to uh, earnestly help people in the way that he thinks would be best, and so that would be like face to face, going door to door, telling people about the gospel. And the annoying part about him is that he he doesn't seem to he doesn't seem to meet. Uh, Brendan Fraser's character. I need to stop saying Brendan Fraser's character. I need to remember what the name was. I don't remember. Was, uh, this is the whale. <laughs> yeah, the whale. He he doesn't meet him where he is. Like he is strictly interested in trying to get him to convert as convert as quickly as possible. Just throwing a bunch of verses at him, throwing a bunch of pamphlets. Yeah, just pray at the him. sinner's prayer with me. Right. Read this chick tract, and uh, we'll be good to go. 
Right. Basically, like the summaries notes of like, okay, this is Jesus, this is the gospel. And then, you know, uh, Brendan Fraser basically says, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Fraser's character says, yeah, I've read the through the Bible several times. I've read all the pamphlets from your specific church. I know all this stuff. And so he's like, oh, that's good. Then why aren't you, you know, converted? And he, he's just, it, 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 his knowledge seems to be so like elementary. He's not very good at this at all. And the whole time I was like, man, there's like 50 different things you could have <laughs> said to him. There's like 50 different ways you could have gone about this. A much better response and a much better way of conducting himself. And like I said, he was just wimpy. He was constantly, you know, trying to run away from the problems well, when everyone's like, get out of here. And he's just well, like, he, he, he's, wimpy, he's wimpy and, and pushy at the same time. So in, in terms of, you know, yeah. they tell him to go away and he does keep coming back. And as you're describing kind of, kind of what happens to him in the story, what's kind of standing out to me now is he's almost, I don't know, I, I'm still working this in my head. It seems almost like a like a, a mirror image of Brendan Fraser's character. So Brendan Fraser's character is acting just for himself, and he does he does bad things for his own selfishness. This character, the the kid, the Mormon, he is acting specifically because from the beginning he wants to help people. So he steals the money because he wants to explicitly go out and help people. And his focus is not on himself. He's standing around being berated because he thinks this is, this will allow him uh, the ability, the capacity to go and interact and to help other people. So he's, he's almost got this inverted, inverted uh, character of Brandon Frazier and even, even the ending. So he starts off his character's arc starts off. It's, it's bad. What what he's done is bad, and it's and it's awful, and and whatever. But it it gets better by the end. Whereas Brendan Fraser's character, you know, arguably, well, he dies. <laughs> so the whale dies. So you know, right. it gets worse. It gets worse and more chaotic at the end. Whereas uh, the Mormon kids, uh, it's chaotic at the beginning, and all the loose ends are tied up by the time he gets to the end, and he has that reconciliation with his family. Whereas the whale doesn't really have the reconciliation with his family. Maybe he's beginning on that journey. But he doesn't. He doesn't really have that reconciliation. Um, so I, I don't know. Maybe do you, this was just something that popped out to me. I don't. Know, do you do you see sort of a mirrored aspect there, or am I just imagining things? You could say it is a mirrored aspect. He definitely um, seems to have an earnest uh, desire to want to help people. Right. He didn't steal the money just to, you know, buy himself stuff and to. Um, go out and get himself a new car or something or some new clothes. He used it to, you know, get a bus ticket so he can go out and actually see if he can serve people face to face, you know, in a more personal way. Um, I think it was mostly just the way he went about it was just really, you know, ticking right. me off. <laughs> right. Because yeah. like I said, it was elementary. It was kind of uh, infantile he didn't understand what he was doing really he only knew tell them the message and then basically expect them to uh, convert right feel convert the burning the in their he didn't know how yeah right he didn't know how to respond to actual questions that he was that uh the characters were giving him which you know are basically are basic questions if you've gone through any sort of apologetics course or a theology course they asked they asked questions that were very easy to refute but pretty much his only response was well, I'm here to help, and God wants me to help. You know, I believe it's I yeah. believe it's God's will, and I'm just like, there's so many things you could have told them. And then I think what really just made me just sigh and roll my eyes was at the end, where um, he has this 
he finds uh his the whale's boyfriend's bible because the whale's boyfriend uh i think his name is like alan or something he used to be part of the church that the mormon kid is part of and he was super devout to it and so he finds his bible and he finds you know the verse that is highlighted um i don't remember exactly what the uh specific passage um designation was but it was basically saying that if you live according to the flesh then you will die but if you live according to the spirit though your body may die you will live again and so he takes that as like wow i understand now i totally get it <laughs> and so he goes to him and he's like yo have you read this verse do you know what this means and he basically expects that to be enough to change brendan fraser's mind and when it doesn't he's like well i don't understand I, I thought I thought you understood. I thought you understood this. You know, it's it's right there. Listen to that verse, and then basically Brendan Fraser starts to. This is the only time I think Brendan Fraser's character is more uh, provocative towards the kid because he's like, yeah. right, confrontational. He's basically saying, you know, going over what his relationship with his uh, with his gay lover was like. He's like, oh, we'd be you know in the meadow for entire afternoons naked. And then we'd make love. And then he, the kid's getting disgusted. And then Brendan Fraser calls him out. And he's like, oh, you find me disgusting, don't you? You find this disgusting. And then he's like, no, 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 no. That's not what it is. Until eventually he's like, yes, you're disgusting. And then he just storms <laughs> off. And I'm like, at that point, I was like, you idiot. You just tell him that he's disgusting. And instead of basically apologizing and continue to, you know, try to have a dialogue with him, you basically just storm off and give up. And I'm just like, ah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But definitely plenty of hair-pulling moments as a result of, of that character alone. So to wrap this all up, uh, any overall thoughts on the movie that, that you want to get out um, besides what we've already talked about? Um, the lighting could have been better. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, I, although that was probably a uh, conscious choice to try and further build that sense of unease and uh claustrophobia oh yeah so, you really felt trapped there in the room with this guy who took up half the room it was right lots of uncomfortable angles of you know you just see his entire gut and he's just kind of his face poking up over and you're like Man. right and yeah you can definitely tell that this was a 24 uh a 24's production because it definitely a, a lot of sequences in this uh played out like a horror movie which in a way it, it kind of is like it's it's really scary just how like how enormous um, Brendan Fraser's character is and the prosthetics team and the makeup team did a great job. Like it looked 100% real and it really made you sort of like, like repulse, like physically repulse. And yeah, so it, it wasn't like, it wasn't cartoonish. It, it, you looked at it and you're like, I, I know people who maybe aren't that big, but I you know, people are there. that big in the world. You know, those people exist. I've seen pictures oh, and yeah. images and videos and stuff where those people exist. And yeah, um, what is it? The show, the My Five Hundred Pound Life, or something like that, or My Six Hundred yeah, Pound Life. Yeah, I, like I've I've seen episodes of that, and I'm just like, wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I guess. Uh, so my final thoughts on, on on the movie, I would definitely say go watch it. Um, yeah, it's 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 worth talking about. It's worth it's one of these movies where you'll watch and you'll say, "Gee, I wish somebody else had seen this <laughs> this art film because right. I really want to get into get into the the weeds on it." 
Um, right. If you're not a if you're not a big thinking person, you don't really want to watch a movie where you have to contemplate the characters and the decisions and what's on the screen. If you just want to watch a movie that you can, you know, rewatch over and over again, right? You can turn off your brain. <laughs> you can have a nice soda, some popcorn while you're watching. This is definitely not the movie in that moment. Um, yeah. But it is certainly a worthwhile watch for anybody who is looking for a good character study for uh, for a good. Um, psychological sort of breakdown of grief of selfishness and of uh eating disorders and addiction and all that stuff yeah all right excellent thank you so much uh thank you also to christcord for hosting this event uh again if you'd like to join a christian discord server it is discord.gg forward slash christian discord.gg forward slash christian this was a review of the whale a movie with stigma the artist and myself you don't know my name god bless you and take care